The following is a hoop ball presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams. This is Hoop Ball Grizz. I got a returning guest. It's been a little while, man. Isaac, welcome back. Man, glad to be out. It has been a while, man. Glad to be back on. I wish we were discussing a, a big Grizzlies victory here against the Pelicans, man. But those Scott Thorne on our side, man, got us again. Uh, luckily, we get them here in a little bit over a week. Maybe we get our revenge at FedEx Forum. A TNT game, national televised. So maybe we can get a national television win over them. But it's been, been a rough go against the Pelicans, man. I thought tonight would be the night. Uh, and going into the fourth quarter, I thought, man, we might be able to pull this one out. But the Pelicans were able to, to kind of pull away there and ran away and hide from us. And they, they get another W. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, final score one eighteen to one oh nine. Uh, last two years, they have been a uh, a unicorn for the Grizzlies. Man, just cannot seem to get a win. Yeah, there were a couple games where the uh, the Pels just kind of put it on them, but you know the games that the Grizzlies have been in just can't seem to get over that hump with this team, and it is frustrating, man. It is. I mean, I remember that game. I think the, the Martin Luther King game last year, the Nico Melli game, where just came in and just blasted us uh, at, at FedEx Forum. And I think it's just a bad matchup. I, I honestly think the Grizzlies are a better team than, than the Pelicans, especially when you see we got Jaron Jackson Jr. and Justice Winslow still there on the sideline. I think you look at the Pels against other teams, and I just think the Grizzlies are a better team. But for some reason, man, they can't get over their hump. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of matchup problems, I think, for the Grizzlies in this one. But, again, hopefully here in a week uh, we can, can finally get over that hump. But he couldn't do it tonight, man. But – Definitely a lot to discuss from tonight's game. Sure, so man, I'm I'm actually going to let you lead. What was the biggest thing? What was your biggest takeaway for the Grizz from this game? Uh, I think for the Grizz right now, and you kind of look, <clears throat> excuse me, at this this losing streak. I think it's going to be hard for the Grizz to win games when when John Moran is struggling, and also Dylan Brooks is struggling the the, the way he's struggling right now. I mean, zero of six from three. Um, nine points, four rebounds. Um, he, he's just really struggling with the shot, the little floater. A little, little, he's not even getting those to go now. He missed so many shots at the rim tonight. It's just those are points that they're used to getting. And when when Dylan's not making shots, he's that guy next to Ja that, that can really create offense on this team. And if he's struggling and Ja's struggling the way he's struggling, it's going to be hard for them to win ball games. It's, it's actually kind of amazing that they were still in this game with those two guys struggling the way they were. You look at other teams in the league, and they lose guys, and they really struggle. But and you look at a team like the Grizzlies, who people think it's a kind of like a borderline playoff team, and they got all kind of guys out, and they're still competing. It's kind of kind of weird to see that kind of. But uh, I think that's kind of what the takeaway. I think Ja and Dylan have to be better, or this team is going to struggle to win ball games for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, I generally don't get on Dylan a whole lot. You know, as you know, I'm a pretty big supporter of him yeah, but same he, here. he just didn't didn't have it tonight no he was he just really went, you know, off four tonight. for 17 from the field and you know uh, unfortunately you're gonna have nights like that but in the middle of a losing streak it seems like it piles on a little bit more yeah and and i had to get away from twitter and just i i did just stop man because yeah i saw i saw you know everything else that's going on in the game all the other mistakes that are being made and it's immediately let's shit on Dylan Brooks. Excuse my French. I generally don't cuss on the show, but like that's that's where everybody goes to, man. And I'm like, bro, there, there's no way that you're watching this game, and that's the only freaking thing that you see. There's no chance, but it does without fail. Dylan Brooks plays bad. 
do there we're burning the house get him out of here get <laughs> i was joking i actually um i recorded a show with a guy that does a pelicans podcast for hoop ball last night and i'm like there's there's grizzlies fans that would take some cheetos and a candy bar for dylan brooks and be happy about it oh no doubt i mean he's definitely the, the this team scapegoat whenever things go bad if dylan's not playing well it's gonna be it's gonna be his fault i mean you got josh struggling you got a lot of other things going on in this game but it always seems to go back to Dylan, uh, no matter what. So that he's definitely a polarizing figure among this this fan base. I, I, I'm with you. I'm on his supporters. I think I'm on DB Island, but uh, he he has struggled. He was struggling tonight, but he definitely wasn't the only thing going wrong with this team tonight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and that's you know I mentioned this to you uh, before we started recording here, but in, in the game, like coming out of the timeout, it was somewhere around two minutes left, and Jenkins calls the timeout. Jaws bringing the ball up the floor. One pass to Bain, makes a little cut, comes back. Bain gives it back to him at the top of the key. 16 seconds on the shot clock. And Ja takes a contested step back three. One, I I, I have no issues with confidence from Ja. You know, I, I've said that I want him. He's a superstar. I want him to be confident. But that's not his game. He's not a shooter. And, and that's okay. You know, he if he... He needs to develop the shot in order for him his game to go to the next level, but it's not there yet. Go to the basket, and with 16 seconds left on the shot clock, you could have got a much better look. And that possession right there coming out of the timeout is extremely important because you're down right there, and you've got to make a good decision, and he just didn't right there. Yeah, one one of five from three tonight. I, he took a, a few bad threes tonight, a couple deep ones. I think I think one thing that's going on with him right now, I think it's frustration. I think he's kind of getting frustrated by the way teams are guarding him when he's and then when he goes into the paint, he gets clobbered and doesn't get these calls. So I think he's yeah. just kind of giving up on some plays. I just see him he says, Well, I'm just gonna take this three. I can't get into the lane, so I'm just gonna throw up this three, and that's definitely not gonna get it done. I mean, at least I think he still needs to continue to try to go to the basket because that's his game right now. I mean, he's He's developing that three-point shot, and that's something that he's definitely got to get better at. But right now, this is just not his game. And you talk about a big play like that, you're down coming at the timeout deep, late in the game. You're going to take a step-back three contested with, with 16 seconds on the shot clock. That's just not going to get it done. I mean, you think with him being a point guard, being that leader of your team, he has to be smarter than that. And he's not above criticism. I mean, this team, like you said, people are on DB. People say he's young. I mean, this is Josh. I mean, Josh is going to be your superstar. I mean, you, he has that pressure on him as well and when he doesn't perform i mean he, he could take criticism as well yeah and that's i i can't imagine his level of frustration you know like he there at the end of the the first half Man. he took that <laughs> shot to his head for, and nothing no whistles should it would have easily been a flagrant but but nothing no call and i'm sure that we'll get a oh yeah we we missed that one you don't have to tell us. We already know that you missed it. We we saw it, and I saw it. You know, and when it was going down live, I'm like, dude, Jaws' head got rocked. Right. How did they not call that? And, you know, sometimes guys kind of they flop a little bit, but you know, from the angle that we were watching that, it didn't look like that's what he was doing. And then when they slowed it down and they showed yeah, the replay, it was definitely not a flop. It was a a pretty tough shot. Yeah, I mean, he was right, right in the middle of the floor taking a jump shot. I, mean, I don't know how you missed that one. And I got to say on Twitter, I don't think this should be the case with, with all calls. But if something's a potential flagrant foul and it's that egregious and they miss it, I think Sakaka should be able to buzz in and say, but you guys need to take a look at that. Because, I mean, that was 
that's bad. That's one of the, the worst ones I've ever seen. And there was another sequence where they missed the goaltending, and it was a goaltend, and they missed it. I think it might have been a Kyle Anderson layup, and then Dylan Brooks gets a rebound, and Stephen Adams just takes him down WWE style. Uh, and, and, and no call. They missed the goaltending, and then call. Uh, they didn't call. A, didn't even look at it. That could have been looked at as a flagrant foul as well. And they didn't take a look at that one either. I mean, it was some some bad officiating in that game. But once the Grizzlies kind of took that lead there uh, in mid fourth quarter, I just kind of forgot about it and thought they could pull away from this one. But now thinking back, I, I think back at how bad the officiating was. There was a lot of a lot of missed calls uh, in this game. And I think one of the most egregious ones is the one we just talked about the, the missed call on John Moran. I don't know how you missed that one, but that's that's pretty bad. Yeah, and you know I'm I'm not one to. Uh... Be like, oh well, the the referees cost us the game. That, that's that's never my outlook. In a game that you lose, when you have bad calls, there are cases where okay, if this call doesn't happen, we have a chance to win the game. Oh, yeah, there, yeah. Were, there were just no, so I, many things that yeah know, that they just didn't execute late, and uh, and the the Pelicans did, and no answer. Zion, he only scored three points in the fourth quarter. But he was ten for fourteen from the field. There was, there was nobody on the roster that had anything for him, and you you've got to find a way. You know, slow him down. Do you know, double trap, deny him the ball, whatever you got to do. Like, come up with something. And and you're missing. From, I was hoping that uh, BC would be here, and and he was out yeah. tonight because against the Pelicans, and as big as that front line is, you need guys. you need all your bigs. Yeah, yeah, you you need bodies and. and you know, expect you need strong guys, and, and that's you know. I think Tillman, you know, he he was giving it his all, but you know, Zion was getting the calls, and you know, Tillman ends up fouling out late in the game. But you know, missing again, you know, injuries. I hate to keep going back to that, but that that plays a huge part in this game. And may, maybe we will have, hopefully, we will have BC back in the next one at home, and uh, they can change our fate from what it has been lately. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely way too easy for Zion to drop to the basket tonight. And I think it's just a, a personnel thing. I mean, I just they don't didn't have the bigs. I mean, it was already, again, you're missing BC. That, that's really big in this game, really big tonight. I think he could have helped tonight a lot because, again, like you said, going against Zion and, and Steven Adams and those guys and even Brandon Ingram with his length. I mean, you need guys in there with size. And, I mean, they were just able to, to export that tonight. Um, I, I don't know could have maybe trapped more kind of help, but I mean, Zion was just getting to the basket at ease. And when he wasn't finished he was getting to the free throw line and he was just a terror uh, for, for them tonight. And they just couldn't get a, get a handle on every time the Grizzlies seemed to make a run, they come back and punch us right back in the mouth and they just never could pull away. And eventually uh, new Orleans just got on that run and man, the Grizzlies couldn't stop them there at the end of the game. And they end up pulling away, man. It's again, we talked about it, man. It's, it's tough, man. I, I God, I wanted this one. I felt like I was working, Part of the team out there tonight, man. I was sweating yeah. and everything, man. It's crazy. Yeah, that's uh, I, I was getting fired up for sure, man. There were quite a few plays that had me up off the couch, and you know, you know, they can hear me through my TV. I don't know if, about <laughs> you know if they can do that for you or not, but uh, I'm I'm confident that it works whenever I scream at my TV. Yeah, I was always, <laughs> my wife always tells me they can't hear you, they can't hear you. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm screaming, man, going crazy, running around the house, but it was. It was a tough one, man. Um, but I mean, again, a three-game losing streak after winning seven in a row, man. Just gotta gotta get some things corrected, man. Gotta got a, a week next week where I think they got a lot of winnable games on the schedule. So uh, just gotta regroup, man, and go out there and try to try to get things fixed and go out there and get some wins. Yeah. Yep. One hundred percent, man. 
So I, I've got a couple things here, a couple different directions we can go. I'm gonna I'm gonna save the JV conversation for last because I feel like that's gonna be a, a pretty good talk before <laughs> we can go back and forth on that for sure for a minute. But th- there was a conversation. Um, I was watching the post game after the Rockets game. We didn't do a uh, post game show for that one. Um, and there was a question asked to Taylor Jenkins if he thought that there were any major adjustments that need to be made <laughs> after the Rockets game. And he said, no, he didn't think that there were any major adjustments. And, you know, you watch – you and I both watch the game, and I think that we uh, we have a different opinion than that. But I want to yeah. – what's your take? Like, through this three-game losing streak, obviously the seven-game win streak, they look good. Everything was rolling right. But through this three-game win streak, or even throughout the course of the season – do you think that there are changes, and what would those changes be? But that, that's the interesting question. Like, I, I do think there needs to be changes, but I don't exactly know what the answer is. Uh, but, I mean, I think you kind of look at this lineup, and, and one thing about Taylor Jenkins, he's been stubborn a little bit. I mean, I think if you want to say one of his bad qualities, I think he sticks with certain things too long. He, he's not a guy who really likes to mix things up unless he's forced to. And I think when you're struggling, I think you need to try different things. And he's kind of stuck with the same lineup. I know they've dealt with injuries and, and they don't have quite the personnel, but I think you have to try something different when, when things aren't working. And he's just kind of stuck with the same thing. And I think if you're going to say anything negative about him, I think that's one of his negatives. I, again, I don't know what the answer is. There may not be an answer. Maybe the, the personnel-wise, they just don't have the guys to kind of fix these issues. And this is what it's going to be until you get – Jared and, and, and Justice in here, but I, I think at times, even if you think something looks right, if things if it's not working, you you got to try something different. Yep, one hundred percent agree with you, man. And you know, obviously, I have ideas, but I don't know that any of my ideas are, are anything that's really going to fix the issue. But I, you know, I feel like the the starting lineup is missing shooting. You know, when you prior yeah. to tonight, when uh, when Brandon's healthy. With what they had, and this is obviously minus Jaron and Justice because, you know, we haven't had them all season. You know, you're starting Ja, Kyle, Dylan, BC, and JV, and there's just not much shooting there. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of a reoccurring thing that I'm seeing people talk about is, you know, you've got no shooters, you've got no shooters. But, you know, it, tonight, yeah, I would have loved to see Desmond Bain. I, I would still like to see Bain in the starting lineup at some point. But matchup-wise, tonight it just didn't fit. You you know, if you put Bain in there over Gorey tonight, you know, you're getting yeah. Yeah, smalled in the front court with, you know, you, you got uh, Tillman at the center and then Kyle at the four against Zion and Steven Adams. And that's just, uh, man, at the end of the Recipe day, that, for that's disaster. not going to work yeah. out. Yeah. No. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we, we've kind of talked about that before. I'd love to see Bain in the starting lineup as well. But, again, tonight wouldn't have been the night to kind of kind of go that route, but, and, and I still think Bain doesn't get enough looks. I think, I mean, he's just almost automatic. I mean, he'll miss one every now and then, but I think he should be taking six or seven threes every night. And a lot of times he doesn't get that many, many shots up. I mean, he's by far the best shooter on the team and best shooter they've had in a long time. I think they got to find a way to get him, get him more looks. Um, and I would like to see him in the starting lineup as well. I think, and I kind of said, I didn't know what, Changes I would do, I think that would be one I think you could fix. And even, I mean, you look at guys like uh, De'Anthony Melton, who's who's been shooting the ball, shooting the cover off the ball uh, mm-hmm. here lately. And I, I and I admit that I was kind of wrong about that. 
Um, I said before the season started that maybe they shouldn't have gave him that eight nine million uh, with with him being a suspect shooter. But I mean, he's come in and really shot the basketball. I mean, top five in the NBA in three point shooting right now. Which who would have saw that coming? Uh, going to team number one in the NBA three point shooting. I mean, that's kind of kind of wild as well. But I mean, they got shooters. Grayson even came back and, and played well tonight. So I mean, there are options to get more shooting in the lineup. But I think Bain is is that guy that that, that kind of automatic shooter, the best shooter on his team that I think if you're going to try to put a guy in to kind of spread the floor, I think Desmond Bain is that guy. So I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. Yeah, you know, and, and he struggled tonight. He, he was one for five from three tonight, which is, you know, that's a rarity. Uncharacteristic you know, of him, yeah. That, that may be a career high and misses from three for him in a game. You know, I, I, I didn't look. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. But he generally does not miss that much. And so it, it's – you know, obviously you don't know until you try it, but it just it sure seems like Jenkins is like heels dug in, not changing from it. So yeah, who knows moving forward. Big game for J V coming back. Twenty three seven, two assists and a block. And uh you know, it, it's been a, a funny conversation across the uh you know, across <laughs> Grizz Nation about J V, you know, at, um coming out of the two Spurs games. Tillman played very well in both of those games, and there were some uh, people that were on the side. Of, hey, let's uh, let's trade JV. Let's get rid of him. The Grizzlies are going to be fine without him. So let, let's get into that a little bit. I've I've got a couple points that I want to talk about, but I'll let you lead off with that, man. Yeah, man. Um, two big games for Xavier Tillman, and and shout out to him. I mean, he's been a revelation for for where they got him. I'm, I'm still surprised that. He's been as, as good as he is. I mean, he wasn't even expected to get drafted, depending on what mock you, you looked at. He wasn't even on mo- most mocks in, in the top 60. So, um, I mean, he's played really well. He's still a great draft pick. But I think fans have a tendency to, to crown guys too early. I mean, it's two games. He did play well. But I think that's a matchup where he suits better than – because than, LaMarcus always, always kills uh, JV. Even if, if Valentinus was playing, I think Tillman might have been a, a better matchup in that game. But overall, mm-hmm. I mean, Jonas is your – best big. I mean, your best rebounder. Um, he's your biggest guy, best guy in the post. I don't know how people come to this conclusion that this team would be better without him. I think he showed tonight how valuable he is going up, especially going up against a guy like Steven Adams. I mean, when you're going up against big guys like that, if you don't have a guy like JV, I mean, they out-rebounded the Pelicans tonight, and Pelicans are one of the best rebounding teams in the league, so that's quite a feat. If, if someone had told me that the Grizz were going to out-rebound them going to this game tonight, I would have said they win the game. Uh, so that's Kind of same in a landslide. Yeah, I would have said they won the game for sure because that means that they were really, really doing some good stuff down there. But uh, Jonas, I mean, coming out the bench tonight, twenty-three points, seven rebounds, knocking down threes. I mean, he was fantastic, and I think he showed his worth tonight. And I think a, a lot of those naysayers are eating grow right now because I think he showed his worth to this team. And and going forward, they're they're going to need need him to be at their best. And I think if they hadn't had him tonight, I think this would have been. They probably would have been a 20-plus point loss if they hadn't had Jonas tonight. I mean, for what he did, um, again, in the paint, and then adding 23 points to it, I think, really tops it off. So he's really important to this team. And there's no way that they need to get rid of this team, not if you're you're trying to win games right now. And I think from from all accounts that they're trying to win games. This is not a, a rebuild season. They're trying to win all the games they can. But mm-hmm. uh, he, he's going to be really important to this offense and defense and the space that he takes up to the paint. And I think he showed that tonight right off the bat. And I was kind of – Kind of glad. I was hoping. I was like, when when Jonas comes in, I hope he kills it tonight. And he did exactly that to kind of kind of shut some of those naysayers up. So let let me play the other side of this coin here. 
I'm I'm a fan of JV, and a- anybody that's listened to this show at all knows how much that you know we 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 love him and, and what he does and what he brings to the table for the Grizzlies. Let's say a team like Portland, right? They they lost their big man. They're you know if I'm Portland, I'm not comfortable going into the playoffs with Cantor as my big guy. I would want somebody else. So let's say they come knocking, and you can land somebody like one of their young guys that could be a piece for the Grizzlies moving forward for the future, because would you agree or disagree that everybody's healthy championship window opens? JV is probably going to age out of that championship window. Well, it it depends on what, I mean, everybody's tradable. I mean, he's definitely not at the level where you say, well, we, we can't move him. There's no way. He's untouchable. If, if, if you can find a deal that something that makes sense for for you, for the Grizzlies long term, that kind of fits more into this window, because like you said, JV's one of the older guys on the team, even though he's not that old, uh, but he's one of the older guys on the team. If you find a, a draft pick and, and a player that you think kind of fits in, uh, fits in with this team and this core going forward, I mean, by all means, uh, make that move. But I, a lot of people are just kind of let's let's trade them just for the sake of trading them. We don't need him. If we can get pretty much anything for him, we just need to unload him. I'm definitely not on that train. But, I mean, I think anybody outside of, of course, Jared, John, and guys like that, um, Dylan. I mean, you can move Dylan as well. Anybody on this team pretty much can, can be moved outside of, of John, Jared. Honestly, those are the only two guys I think that are untouchable. Uh, if it makes sense for the franchise going forward, I think you make that move. He's not the untouchable guy. But I think right now, unless something comes along that really makes sense for this franchise, I'm not just look making taking calls on on JV and trying and trying to move him. Yeah, I, I get you. So let's say um, like a Naz Little or um, Anthony Simons, which I don't know that Simons would be somebody that the uh, Trailblazers would be willing to give up. But if you could land, or even Zach Collins, he's had some injury issues. I don't know if he's a guy that you want to take a chance on. But w- one of those young guys, the 22, 23 year old guys that fit your championship window. You would be okay making a move if they could land somebody like that with a pick or something of that nature to uh, to to move him. Yeah, I mean there was a trade that people were throwing around with uh, the Hornets, for example, for Cody Zeller and Miles Bridges, and maybe a pick and some more players going from the Grizzly side. I think that I would be definitely interested in that if you can get a guy like Miles Bridges in here, a guy that really fits in with with the timeline, a young guy who's kind of a, a budding player who, who you can already know is going to get better and better uh, here in a couple of years is going to be really good. I think that's something that makes sense for the Grizzlies. Definitely, you get a young player in the pick, I think that would be interesting. Again, I'm just not calling people to see what what, what I can get for, for. If somebody calls me with something something good, like a young player in the pick, I think I would be interested in that, but I'm not trying to force him out of here. I think a lot of people are just on the train of we don't need him, so we can get just pretty much anything. If we can get a pick for him, he's out of here, and I'm not that far down the line, but I, I think um, yeah, I mean, if you, you talk about a young guy like that, a guy that fits, I think would would make a lot of sense for this team because collecting assets, I think, is what this team is still an asset market here going forward, and I think that's kind of the best way to best way to look at it. Sure, yeah, and that's you know the, these guys have done a great job of stacking assets, getting good young players, and you know the the draft they've been killing in the draft, and so a lot of confidence in this front office for sure. So one more thing, and then we'll get out of here. It's been a while, and I didn't get to talk to you when all of this buzz was going on, so I want to hear your thoughts on that. The uh, 
the Beal to Beal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I I will uh, I'll let you know where I'm at on it, and then I I want to I want to see where you are. To me, the price that they're gonna have to pay for Bradley Bill is entirely too expensive. Yeah, the going cost for a superstar, you know, or a guy of his caliber, you're looking at two or three young players and multiple first round picks. And I just, I, I don't think the Grizzlies are close to a championship window right now. I think they're a few years away and getting him, you know, it makes them a regular playoff team, I think, but I don't think that he brings a championship. And so I'm not ready to make that move. What do you think? Yeah, we're, we're 100% uh, on the same page. If, if they call, you get the opportunity to to even talk to them. I think you listen, but I, I think it's a little bit too early. I mean, you'd have to pretty much gut your team and gut your assets going forward in order to make that move. And, and you look at it and you think, well, John Jared and, and Bradley Bill, is that a championship team? And I, I don't think so, um, especially when you look at what you have to give up. Because you probably look it up, give it up. Dylan, Brandon Clark, you look multiple, multiple picks, probably three, four picks. And, and I just don't think, Right now, I think it's a little bit too early to make that drastic of a move. I think if there's a move to make with maybe with Gordy Jean's uh, expiring contract at the, or and another player at, at the trade deadline or something that makes sense, get a pick or get a, a young player back, I think that's something you look at. But to make a move like that for, for Bradley Bill, I think it's a little bit too early in the process. Now, if that was something that came up next year or maybe two years down the line, I think that might be something you look at. But right now, I think it's a little risky to kind of blow up your team and kind of blow your assets on a guy that I don't think puts you over the top right now uh, because I think I would rather have those draft picks going forward and that flexibility to kind of improve this team and, and see where they grow with John Jarrett instead of making that move right now. Because, again, I think Bradley Beal, he definitely doesn't put you over the top this year, and he's just only getting older. I mean, a couple of years down the line, he's going to be in, in, in well into his 30s. It's just uh, I, don't, I don't think that's the move that they need to make right now. Yeah. No, he's younger than what you think then. He, he's 27. Yeah, well, I said I said well into my well oh, into his thirties. Yeah. I, I got you. just I got said thirty. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. I'm I'm sorry. I misheard you there. So, yeah, you know, it's it's fun to kind of watch and have those, you know, uh, dream. Would I love to have Bradley Bill play in Memphis? Sure. Yep, I would. But uh, you know, not at the cost for, that it, that it's going to take. I'm just not. I'm not paying what they're going to be asking. And obviously, I don't know exactly what they're going to be asking, but. You know, you look at uh, what the haul that the Pelicans got for Drew Holiday. Yeah. Uh, you know the the James Harden trade. Yeah, just. Insane. I mean, you, you. Yeah, you'd have to blow your your wad, so to speak, in order to to get a video. I mean, you got to gut your team, and again, all those assets that they got going forward, those picks, you probably got to give them. They probably got want almost all of those. I mean, I just I, I agree with you. I just think it's too much to give up for a guy again that's going to be thirty, probably when you're really trying to compete and it's going to make it harder for you to build around those three and, and build your bench up. Cause you're going to get rid of guys. You got to replace some guys. You're not going to have those picks anymore. I just don't think it's the right move right now. I think again, if this was next year or the year after, and there was an opportunity for you to go out and get a guy like that, when you've kind of seen what, what John Jaron is going to be three, two, three, four years in their career, I think it might be a better move at that point. But right now I think that's, that's kind of a knee jerk move. And I, I don't think it, I think you 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 would end up kind of in the mode that they were in with grit and grind. I think you'd be a really good team, but I think you could kind of get stuck in that middle and, and can't get over the hump. And I, I think this time, I think they need to think 
be more forward thinking. I think that's a right now all in move, and I just don't think it's time for that right now. Yep, yep, I agree, man. All right, I, uh, I I've got nothing else for tonight, man. You got anything else you want to cover before we get out of here? Um, I mean, it's just a three game losing streak again. Like I said earlier, I think next week is a week that I got some games that you'll be favored in uh, on the home floor. So uh, go just go out there, man, regroup and try to get some wins. I'm glad to have JV back. I mean, he came back really good tonight. Uh, so I think he's, it's good to have him back in the lineup. Hopefully he'll probably be starting uh, back on Monday when they take on the Raptors. Uh, I've got to talk about that. I've got to mention this on Twitter with the whole KD situation. Playing the Raptors, it kind of scares me. Uh, Grizzlies happen to be playing the Raptors uh, Monday. That's the team that the Nets, of course, were playing against when, when the situation happened. So hopefully everything's okay, but that, that COVID situation scares me. The Grizzlies have already been parked once. Um, so they say right now guys are testing negative, so hopefully that continues yeah. to be the case, man, because I'd hate to see the Grizzlies parked again. That's rough to go through it one time, man. To go through it a second time, that would really be rough. They they have got to, and by they, I mean the NBA. The NBA has got to do a better job with that. Yeah, I mean, if they botched the situation. If there sure. is a chance before the game, if, if he gets held out before the game, just make him unavailable. 100%. It should not, it, yeah. it should not be, oh, there's a chance, and then, okay. Yeah, don't take any risks. Yeah, why? Because when you take the risk, you put him out there and he plays, then – you know, 30 other guys that he's coming, you know, by just contacting the basketball and everything you're, it just opening up a ton of doors that don't need to be open. It was, that one was completely botched by the NBA. I, I hope it doesn't cost the Grizzlies any more games. You know, I, I think they'll probably make some of those up at some point, but hopefully they play this game and they're going to be testing these guys every day. So, you know, we, we've got a, got a break in between the, um, this loss and heading into that game back at home. We got two games at home. So who knows that that game may end up being, uh, being canceled before we get to it, but I'm, I'm hoping not. And, you know, I think for me that the biggest fear in it is, you know, they don't cancel that game. We get to the game and then you find out about positives. And then after yeah. that game, you get another shot. And it's yeah, just, that, that's oh, what, man, yeah, that's you know, what, what exactly what I'm worried about it. It's snowballing, and you play the game, and then after that, you got guys getting testing positive, and you have to shut down again. That's because I mean, it's just snowball. I mean, like you said, I mean, his the Nets and, and all and all KD's teammates on the Nets. You got all the Raptors players, you got the coaches, you got the referees. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's just a, a, a crazy situation. And, and to kind of continue with that real quick before we get out of here, uh, the, the, Adam Silver and the NBA has a mess on their hands with this All Star Game situation, and. and Kind of want to get your thoughts on it. LeBron James has come out and said his thoughts. Giannis is another guy who's kind of came out and talked against it. Um, from my standpoint, I actually think the bigger problem is the NBA allowing the non-participant guys to travel freely throughout the United States and the territories. At least the guys that go to Atlanta will be held with some kind of protocols. I mean, I don't think it's the greatest thing either, but I think those guys just being able to go anywhere they want to during that break, that worries me as well. I think this could be a mess man what, what, what are your thoughts on that uh, i mean i'm i'm okay with the voting they announce who made the team you know the coaches vote you get your full uh, all-star squad but there shouldn't be a game and, and you know it's, no, i agree th- this league is driven by money and that was obvious whenever they started the season before christmas you know like we, we all knew what the, what was the driving factor with that and that's what it is with this all-star game you know when you have 
two of the best players in the league, two of the faces of the league, just flat out saying that, hey, you know, I'm, I don't want it. I'm not, I've got no energy. I'm not interested in it. You know, there's more, more than money, you know, and that's, you know, the NBA is, is going to be around and there's going to be money to be made. And I know that missing something like this is going to have a big impact. And I, and I don't fully understand because I don't know, you know, what kind of revenue they generate yeah. from that weekend. I'm sure it's a ton, but yeah, it's, it's scary, man. You know, if they have this this All Star game, and then they have a break after, and they're letting you know everybody run all over everywhere, and then they come back, then what's that going to do for the second half of the season? You know, they're, yeah. they're going to be testing. There's still going to be protocols. You know, by the time that we get to the uh, the All Star break here, the vaccine, you know, it's been it's already been. Uh, it's they, they started distributing it. We uh, we actually um, at my work, our second dose is due. Uh, I want to say next week they're coming out to do the, the the second dose for people. So you know maybe by that time the vaccine is you know had made it to these guys. I don't know how quick that's moving and if it's actually going to get to them or not. But there, there's just too many unknowns, man. You know I, I think that. It's tough. The NBA is kind of looking at it because they had the bubble and everybody was locked in that bubble, couldn't leave. And so they're trying to give them a little more freedom so it's not so restrictive. But, you know, there's a a fine line between, you know, having your product out there and then, you know, putting all these people's safety at risk. And, And that's hopefully the players are smart about it. You know, when they're traveling, they're, you know, they're doing everything that they need to do to keep them and their family safe. But, you know, who knows? Not not everybody is worried yeah. about it. Not everybody is taking the precautions that they need to. You know, I, I took a risk going to the, the game the other night. But, you know, like I work in healthcare, and and, you know, like you're being careful. You're not touching things. Like I opened one door. I, I got out of my car, opened one door, and I touched it with one finger, and there was sanitizer inside the door. I hit the sanitizer as soon, like didn't touch anything else. I open it one finger, pull it open, hit the sanitizer as soon as I can. And I had it, I had sanitizer in my pocket as well. Even if they didn't have it, I, I'm, you know, I'm washing my hands. I'm using the sanitizer. I'm being as safe as I can. You know, I want to get back out and I want to go into the arena and watch these games. But there, man, the, there's so many opportunities for this virus to be passed. And, you know, there's allegedly another strand of it that's yeah. uh, even more contagious. So I, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with it, man, but um, the NBA has definitely got their hands full making the decisions on this all-star game and the protocols for uh, for everything that's going to come along with it. Yeah, uh, definitely. And again, when you had a face for your league, kind of coming out vehemently speaking out against it and says that even if he's – when he goes there, his mind's not going to be in it. That's something I think you really have to have to step take a step back and think about it again – they, they talk about safety and everything, but it, it's clear that it's, it's about the money. Um, and I understand that they've lost some money from fans not being able to be in arenas in the bubble last year, the playoffs. They've lost some, some money. I still have a, te- a lot of television revenue, but they lost a lot of money from ticket sales. So I understand them being money conscious, but at some point you have to kind of look at the safety of the players and, and not just the players. I mean, these guys are around their families and their families are around other people. So, I mean, it, it, it's just a snowball effect. It goes from, from the players outward into the world. So it's definitely something that, that they got to take a look at. I, I don't envy Adam Silver right now. I don't know 
how how they're going to look at this. I mean, they're also even talking about having a slam dunk contest, three-point shootout, trying to talk about having the kind of the whole deal. So it, it's going to be interesting. But, again, I'm I'm just worried about this break overall. I'm not just worried about All-Star game. I'm also worried about the non-participant guys going out. And, and, and a lot of these guys still like to party and, and do different things like that. And, I mean, it's just not a good thing right now. Hopefully, like you said, this vaccine gets spread it out and we – uh, get this thing under control, but with new mutations coming out seemingly every other week, it, it's it's going to be something. I think it's going to be still a while before we get get this thing under control. But it's definitely that's definitely going to be something to watch with the league going forward. I'm just hoping they can get this break, get through this break, and nothing traumatic happens, and they can get get into the second half of the season and we can get this thing in. But it's definitely definitely going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, I think overall they they've done a pretty good job. You know, obviously the the bubble was fantastic better than any other league you know at that point they were killing the game but then you know even through this season the you know the postponements and all of that that overall they've done a good job there's some things the the kevin durant thing definitely questionable and even the way that the the jv thing went down you know because he kind of you know his was a little bit wonky there early on too And, and so there's things that they've kind of dropped the ball on I I would not want to be in their position having to make this decision because again this is a you know a multi billion dollar organization that you're you're trying to make sure yeah. that you're making the right call and and not cost these guys tons of money but you know then you got to take yeah it, it's not just the money we have people where we have lives at risk they're more important than that money and yeah I, I definitely definitely do not envy those guys so. Yeah, definitely going to be something to to watch moving forward, and I'm hoping that they decide not to have it after some of the players. You know, I, I know LeBron, Giannis, uh, De'Aaron Fox has thought. You know, he said, you know, yeah, I'm going to be there because I don't want to get fined. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, he, he said it was stupid. You know, so the players have kind of voiced their opinion, and the NBA does a good job about listening to the players. So. You know, I, I don't know how much impact the players are going to have on this because of the uh, the financial, yeah, uh, you know, ramifications. But maybe we can hope. Oh, go ahead, man. Oh, so I said I was going to say I, I think I think even even with LeBron speaking out, I think unless something drastically changes, I think they're going to try to go through with this. I think especially since they've kind of it's been kind of out there that it, that is happening. Uh, I, I think. This with everything going on, if they're still trying to have it, I think that shows you how much they want to try to get this thing in. So I would be surprised if they they went back on it. I think they try to have it again unless something drastic happens. So uh, I just hope everything works out. I mean, I, as as a fan, I know fans want to see this game, but I think they also want to see it, it, it. These guys be safe and everybody be safe. So can you do both? I think that's kind of the question, and, and you just hope nothing happens and everything goes along smoothly. But it's definitely a risk for. For, for trying to have it for sure. Yeah. My, my thinking behind this, this whole deal is which one is going to generate you more revenue, this all-star game slash weekend or the rest of the season. You know, if you split up, you have this all-star game and you let everybody kind of run around wherever they want to go. Are you going to have the rest of the season? How, you know, yeah. how much of that are you going to miss? And let's say they had the all-star game you have a, an outbreak and then the season shuts down everybody for two weeks. How much revenue are you losing then? 
a point like against what you're gaining from this all-star game. And I'm sure that they have guys that are much smarter than me working on that side of it, trying to figure that out. But yeah, there's just a, a lot of moving parts there. I was going to say so, definitely, I know we're running long here, but I'll say definitely, that's definitely something to, to look at. Cause I mean, even you can't have fans in an arena the way you usually do. So they're not going to have the ticket revenue and all the money because all the money that they usually earn from this weekend. So that's definitely something to look at. I, I, I would venture to think that, you'd probably lose more money having to cancel two or three weeks of the season, I think, than, than having an all-star weekend, especially when this is only going to be in like a one-night thing. They're not going to have all the events that they usually have and people coming in for, for this and all the little things they usually have. It's not going to be the same because I think they said it's going to be possibly one-night thing where they'd have the slam dunk contest and people want to shoot out all on the same on that Sunday along with the game. I don't think it's going to be like an all-star Saturday night type of thing like they usually have. So it, it, that's definitely something to weigh. Again, I'm sure they got there financial guys looking at it but uh we'll see yep all right man let everybody know where they can find you and we will get out of here yeah man you can find me always on twitter at isaac underscore rivals man very very active on twitter man always on there talking grids tigers whatever else may be on my mind man um but uh again man a kind of a downside here we got to get job back going and hopefully we can get some wins next week and and go strong going into the all-star break I agree, man. Definitely want to get back on the uh, the winning side of it. That's uh, these last few losses have been rough. You can get the show on Twitter at Hootball Grizz. I'm at Dwo Two One One One. Guys, thanks for listening. Until next time, go Grizz. This has been a Hootball presentation.